Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Today on the Patriots Report, it's John Lyons. John is a contributor to the New England Football Journal, a fellow Believe podcaster, and he hosts his own show on SportsMap Radio. We talk about the Patriots offseason, break down the draft from a New England perspective, and look at some of the various team-building options open to the Patriots, when it comes to their remaining positions of need. That's all up right now on the Patriots Report. All right, John, I've been starting most of my podcast lately with this as my first question for, for guests, and we can get into specifics shortly, but let's start with the idea. What's your big picture view in terms of what the Patriots offseason has looked like so far. So the first thing, and I think the most important thing, is the hiring of Bill O'Brien. And I know that goes back a couple months, but it's funny. Last year during the season, I'm thinking to myself, wow, if this, this team just had a competent offensive coordinator, they'd be a playoff team. Not even a great offensive coordinator or a good offensive coordinator, just competent. And you go back to the last time Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator in New England in 2011. They were number two in the NFL in yards per game, number three in points per game, and number five in third down. So that was an elite-level offense, and I know they had Tom Brady. I know they had Rob Gronkowski, but the operation was so much sharper than what we saw last year. And even you look at the difference, and it's been said at nauseum between 2021 and 2022, but you just look last year. They were 17th in points per game, but they had eight non-offensive touchdowns. So their offense really wasn't even that good. 
in the red zone, last in the NFL at 42%. Third down, they were near the bottom of the NFL most of the year. I think they ended up 27th at the end of the year, 26th in points as well. So we saw an offense just from 2021 to 2022 take a massive step backwards. And a lot of that to me was operationally, but mm -hmm. also Mac Jones didn't play as well, right? I mean, we can talk about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge set him up to fail in some instances and put him in bad situations, but they weren't on the headset saying throw three second half interceptions against Baltimore, right? So they, he didn't play as well. I expect him to be better than he was last year. But I also think, again, the Bill O'Brien hiring and the Adrian Clem hiring, I think is just as important because Matt Patricia, he was put in a really tough spot because not only was he calling plays, he was the offensive line coach, which you can make the argument behind quarterback. That's the second toughest position to coach on a football team. So he's doing two huge jobs that he's never really done before, save for one year as Skarnecki is assistant 15 years ago. So he's doing these two huge jobs. And we saw the offensive line suffered. The offense as a whole suffered. So bringing in Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem, I think are the two most important thing the Patriots did this offseason. And then in addition to that, I like some of this retooling they've done on offense. Now, would I like it better if they had Jerry Judy? Of course. But just even look at a guy like Mike Kosicki. I, I mentioned earlier how the Patriots were the last in the NFL in red zone. Well, last year, including playoffs, Mike Kosicki scored six touchdowns. All six came from inside the red zone. Five of them came within the 10-yard line. So this is a guy that can operate really well inside the 10-yard line, inside the red zone. I think you put that with hopefully a rejuvenated Hunter Henry and Bill O'Brien calling the plays. They're going to have a lot more options in the red zone. And Juju Smith-Schuster, and it's funny because he gets compared a lot, the contract at least, to Jacoby Myers. But I don't look at them as the same type of player. Like Jacoby could play some outside. He could play some inside. He was really good at finding holes in zones. He was good. But he would get you kind of the hole in the zone, catch, catch the ball, get down, get you those yardage. Whereas Juju Smith-Schuster, he and their yards per reception in their career is pretty close. Last year, he was number sixth in the NFL in yards after catch. So he had a total last year of 831 yards receiving. 503 of them came after the catch. So this is a guy that is really good after he catches the football, which I think is super valuable for an offense that, let's be honest, unless Tyquan Thornton is all of a sudden makes a big jump forward, they're not going to be throwing 45-yard touchdown passes. So they're going to need that. One of the things that stands out for me, and I hear you about the numbers when it comes to Juju, the yards after catch, and he appears to be a little bit more well-suited to a, a Bill O'Brien offense. I'm worried about the level of familiarity that walks out the door when Jacoby Myers leaves. Am I making too much of that, or is this something that really we should be focusing on this offseason? Well, look, I, I think, first of all, they could have had both of them. Like, you could have found a way to keep Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. I think... The thing about, and I think the familiarity is a good point, and I wouldn't be shocked if the first four or five games, Smith-Schuster takes a little while to get going, whereas mm -hmm. Jacoby Myers would have opened the gates, you know, we hit the ground running in week one. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's that, but I think in the long run, Juju Smith-Schuster's ceiling is higher than Jacoby Myers' ceiling. I think their baseline is pretty similar. They're just under 12 yards per reception in their career, similar at their baseline, but when Juju was at his best, in 2020 or 2018 to me that far surpasses what they would get out of Jacoby Myers and I know Antonio Brown was there early in Smith Schuster's career in Pittsburgh I get it but I just think that seal even last year he had Travis Kelsey at tight end but he was by far the best pass catching option outside of Kelsey and he had 78 catches he held his own in a Chiefs offense that won the Super Bowl so I like that I like that signing a lot however and you mentioned you know what do I not like I still think 
they don't have an answer at tackle yet to me. And, and Riley Reef, I think, is a solid player. I think Calvin Anderson's a nice depth piece. So I think their depth is going to be better than it was last year. They don't have to sign Connor McDermott off a practice squad like they did halfway through last year. No offense, Connor McDermott. But Trent Brown, this could be his last year. And I think he was inconsistent last year. I know he battled an illness mm -hmm. during the year, but he still was inconsistent. I mean, how many times did we see him try to cut block a defensive end that just ran by him? And the penalties were a major issue with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. So I still think they need an answer there. They need an answer long-term at left tackle, but I think more immediately at right tackle. And maybe it's Reef for a year with Calvin Anderson coming in and out with McDermott. But they, to me, when I look at their offensive line, David Andrews is good. I think Cole Strange will be pretty good. I think Mike Onwenu might be the best player on the team, or at least up there. So their interior offensive line is fine. What concerns me is, tackle especially and even if Trent Brown's good right tackle because that was a turnstile last year we saw Isaiah Wynn struggle throughout most of the year before getting put on IR then they went to Marcus Cannon who just I mean he hadn't played football really in two years wasn't good and then Connor McDermott to me was solid and that just felt like a great relief that someone there was solid not even good so I think they still need to address tackle and yes I know it's the sexy topic. I would love to have another outside receiver that can catch the deep ball and take the top off the defense, as they say. But I think tackle, much more important need. So I, I like what they've done so far. I do, but I don't – I give them an incomplete right now because I still think you need an answer at tackle. Well, let's follow the thread there between those two positions. I'm glad you bring up both wide receiver and tackle because I think those two right now are the largest positions of need if you're the Patriots. There are a handful of – kind of leftovers in the remainder bin, for lack of a better term, free agents at both offensive tackle and wide receiver. When it comes to adding bodies there, do you think they'd be more inclined, and we can break it down by position, do you think they'd be more inclined to go after someone, a free agent who's still out there, a trade, or address it in the draft? So with receiver, I think it's more trade, and with tackle, I think it's more in the draft. And we've seen them have a penchant for drafting tackles in the first two rounds, especially experienced tackles. I know that's been a hot topic lately. So I think, I really think tackle is going to be either their first round pick or their second round pick mm -hmm. and, and corner, maybe whichever round they don't go tackle. In. And, but receiver to me, they spent the top 50 pick on Tyquan Thornton last year. Kendrick Bourne, I think will be better if mm -hmm. he, and then I know there's some rumors that is he really going to fit fully going forward with Bill O'Brien? I mean, I think last year just didn't fit, but I think he will now. And I think, as I mentioned before, Smith-Schuster will help them. Gasicki's going to be a tight end slash a slot. So yeah. I think what they, yeah, I think what they want to do is, look, Hopkins, Judy, whoever it is. And look, I think you should call Seattle and see what do you want for DK Metcalf? Because that's a big contract. That's a young building team. Is he going to be there when they fully reach their peak contract time? But a guy like that. And I think they're better off with that because, look, we all know how they've struggled to draft and develop wide receivers over the years. They've had a lot more success trading for guys, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not just Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Let's think about when they traded for Brandon Cooks and got a really productive 2017 out mm -hmm. of him. So I think if they're going to go the route for receiver, I think it's a trade, but I don't think they're going to trade their first round pick for Jerry Judy. I think they're going to try to trade a second or a third round pick and get a player, maybe if they can get the price down on Judy, or maybe it's Cortland Sutton, maybe it's DeAndre Hopkins, but they, I don't think they want to trade their first pick for that, and I don't think it's going to happen until the draft. So I think the draft, we might see them address both needs on draft weekend, just only one with an actual draft pick. Talking about the draft, you had a mock draft posted to New England Football Journal this week. 
that had the Patriots trading down and taking offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee at number 20. First off, explain the reasons for the trade down and then make a case for Wright and why he fits in Foxborough. So the trade down, I think a trade down is a really potentially likely scenario for the Patriots because what if like a player like Anthony Richardson, and I don't necessarily think this will happen, but what if he's there at 14? Or what if Jackson Smith and Jigba is there at 14 and a team really loves him and wants to go up? I think a trade down is a not a, a sure thing, but I think it's much more likely than a trade up. And I think it's exactly a trade that. down, then maybe stand pat. That's kind of what I think the route they go. And the thing about Darnell Wright, and I wouldn't hate it if they took Wright at 14, by the way. I just think they could trade down and still get him. He's 6'5", 333 pounds, so he's huge. He's got 42 career starts under his belt, so he's experienced. And just look at his tape from the SEC. He's going against you know, Will Anderson and some of the best pass rushers in the country, and he's holding his own week in and week out. So I think that's a guy that'll come in, and he's, by the way, too, he's played left and right tackle in college as a starter. So he can come in to me, and he can start at right tackle almost right away and eventually be your left tackle down the line or – they could go the Nate Solder route with him and kind of have him be the backup left tackle for a year, take over for Trent Brown next year, if they feel comfortable with Riley Reef or Calvin Anderson at right tackle. And another, this is not fully related, but if they go guard somewhere in day two, maybe they move Mike on Wenu to right tackle, and, and that solves that problem. That's, that's another. A, I, I've heard that as a possibility as well. And, and, that's, yeah. and I'm glad you bring up day two guys because I'm curious – if you have someone else, other than if if they address, I, for what it's worth, I'm with you. I think they address tackle at number 14 or if they move up or down, whatever the case may be. They try and take the best offensive tackle there, you know, wherever they are in the first round. Do you have a second round guy who jumps off the page to you as a potential Patriot? I know more often than not, not all the time, but more often than not, that's when they'll take their big swings. You know, they'll, they'll think yeah. outside the box. For me, the guy who always comes to mind, Sebastian Vollmer. Those types of individuals, is there a guy out there for you who is a second day, second round pick that might scream potential Patriot? Yeah, so and I know Patriots fans will want to cover their ears when I say a cornerback in the second round. I'm sorry in advance, but there's really two guys. One's Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. The other is DJ Turner out of Michigan, who I actually had in this mock draft. Both guys are really good press coverage, man coverage, and they're longer on the outside. And I think the Patriots defensive back group is really good, but they're missing one key aspect, and that's length. They don't have a lot of length at corner. Jonathan Jones, he's five foot ten and he's got 30 and one quarter inch arms. Mm -hmm. Jalen Mills, he might end up playing safety anyway, but just for their other starting corner last year, he's got 31 and one eighth inch arms. That was in the 26th percentile of DBs in his draft class. And then Jack Jones, who again I like a lot. He was also in the 26th percentile in arm length in his class, and he's 175 pounds. So they don't have a lot of length on the outside. And one thing, and you've seen this, Chris, you've covered the Patriots for a long time. They love to have a physical, tough corner on the outside that can play man against anyone. You can go back to Ty Law, Darrell Rivas, Stefan Gilmore, Malcolm Butler in between as well. Like they want a guy with length on the outside that can play legit man coverage. And Jonathan Jones, to me, I think he's the best slot corner in the NFL when he plays slot. I also think he could be a Devin McCourty replacement of free safety if they want to go that route because he's so athletic and he's done it before. And him at outside corner, like if he's my number two outside corner, I think uh, I'm in great shape. What I worry about with him, and we saw it last year, most of the year, 
He was really good at outside corner. When did they run into problems? When they played Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson, two guys who are over 6'1", just as athletic as Jonathan Jones, but also bigger with longer reach. And that's where he and the Patriots secondary ran into trouble. So I, I like the secondary as a whole. I think their safety group's really good, even with the retirement of McCourty, but they're missing that length. So I would love for them to take a swing. Like Emmanuel Forbes is a guy. He had six pick sixes in his college career, which is an NCAA record. He had three, I think, last year. It's great. But he's got high-end speed, great ball skills, great length. He's just skinnier, not as good against the run. So that Mm -hmm. for the Patriots, that's not something they typically would go for. So that might be a bit of a risk. DJ Turner is another guy I think would be a great fit. But I really think, to me, in an ideal scenario, they go tackle in the first round, whether it's Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, whoever they Johnson, whoever they like. Mm-hmm. And then in round two, they get a longer outside corner. And if they flip that, like if it's Joey Porter Jr. or if Christian Gonzalez falls in the first round and they flip in the second round, that's fine. But to me, second round, those are the two names. And that's the position I'm looking at most. First of all, I got to say, I love the idea of Joey Porter Jr. playing for the Patriots, if only it means that we get to see Joey Porter senior in Foxborough every week wearing Patriots gear, being forced to root for Bill Belichick. But yeah, that's a yeah. whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast for another day. You bring up a couple of really interesting things. You said you think Jonathan Jones can switch to safety. He has the ability to switch to safety. Tell me about that. So in 2020, he actually played some snaps at safety. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head. I think it was in like 70-ish snaps he played at free safety. And The thing about him is he's still, even now, close to 30, one of the fastest guys on the roster. So I think speed, instincts, he can come down and cover too, which I know in a free safety, he wouldn't do a lot, but like think a goal line situation. If he has to cover guys up tight, he can do that. I think he's got good vision. I think he's got great range. Like, And he's been in the defense long enough, and I think he's smart enough that he can quarterback, if you will, that secondary. So I I would love the fit. And you think about getting just your best guys on the field, Like if you have Kyle Duggar at safety, Jack Jones at one corner, Marcus Jones in the slot, and then Jonathan Jones at another safety with say a first or second round pick at your other corner, like that's an awesome group right there. Yeah. Yeah, And then you're adding in, of course, Jalen Mills and Adrian Phillips and Jabril Peppers, you know, into that mix. I think that's a great group. So I think part of it hinges on, do they get that corner with length in the draft? And I think if they don't, we'll probably see Jalen Mills more at safety. And I think, they love to run a lot of three safety packages. They'll run nickel yeah. with three corner too. So we're going to see mixing and because like Marcus Jones is another guy. I know he's small, but if that dude's your free safety, I mean, no one's getting by him downfield. So well, I, I was, I was going to ask you about Marcus Jones. I want to jump in here real quick. I want, where does he fit in all of this in your estimation? Because he showed some things as a rookie, as a defensive back, really good, but he's a little, you know, you talk about size in the secondary. He's a little bit undersized for the, the situation you may be talking about. Yeah, and I like Marcus Jones as my slot corner and my punt returner and my kick return. I know they used him on offense last year, and I'm not against that, but I think that also had more to do with they had a very basic offense and not a lot of explosive players, and they just needed somebody that could outrun people. We saw that on Thursday in the Thursday night game against Buffalo. He just caught a quick swing pass and outran everybody up mm-hmm. the field. Like that's I don't think they have that. And I'm not saying they won't use him on offense. I just don't think they have to worry about that as much this year but I think he can be a good slot corner I think he was really sticky in coverage at Houston I think he did pretty good in coverage last year and the thing is he's a smaller guy but he's such a good athlete we talk about relative athletic scores and how guys can jump out of the gym 
Like, I don't worry about him getting completely jumped over by a bunch of slots everywhere. Like, yeah, there will be guys bigger than him, but I think he can hold his own because he's so athletic. So is he an outside contender to be free safety? Maybe. But I think in an ideal world, you have new corner and then either Jalen Mills or Jonathan Jones a free safety with Marcus Jones playing a big role in the slot as well. So you know how you flip that and, and take those offensive snaps away from Marcus Jones and have him focus completely on defense. You go out and you draft my guy, Tank Dell. I like Tank Dell. a day two Dell. guy or a day three guy. Yeah, I think Tank Dell is one of those offensive spare parts that you can kind of put everywhere, put you know in a variety of different spots. I don't think he's quite ready, at least physically, to be a running back in the National Football League, but a slot, you know, with a slot receiver out wide, a guy who can put a lot of pressure on an opposing defense. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing about the Mike Gesicki signing too, it's only a one-year deal. So even if they use Gesicki in the slot a lot, if he's good, then he might move on after a year. So you're going to need someone there. And I think they've been missing that slot piece to their offense since Julian Edelman retired or really got injured before his retirement. Julian Edelman's a guy, you know, in the in every year that he played at least 10 games, he had at least 850 receiving yards. And he was the type of guy that Third and five, he would get you six every time on that whip route, out route, whatever. They don't have that guy. And it wasn't just Edelman. It was Wes Welker. It was Troy Brown before him. They don't have that guy right now. And maybe Smith-Schuster can be that guy. But I still want to see that guy drafted. Like, when I look at their wide receiver room, yeah, I would love to have a downfield guy. And maybe that's Tyquan Thornton. But I would love to have that guy. But even just as much, if not more, I want that shifty slot that when it's third and six, I know can get me seven yards. Oh, when it's third and eight, I know can get me nine because I don't know how many guys on the offense right now you can really depend on to get that yardage on third down. And that was a big issue they had last year. So Tank Dell is a name. I'm glad you brought that up. I would love him on the Patriots. He's my guy. Tank Dell is my guy. I am a dedicated Tank Dell truther. I think he is one of those individuals who build drafts and says, look, we don't know what we're going to do with you, but we're going to find a spot for you somewhere yeah. on this football team he just strikes me as again as a bit of a spare part who can do a few different things put some pressure on opposing off or opposing defenses i think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the national football league which one of the free agent pickups that they have made so far juju uh, gesicki riley reef calvin anderson whoever has the best chance of making a sizable impact on this roster in 2023 so look i'm going to give you one that's going to make people roll their eyes I think it's Chris Board on special teams. I mean, that was a major issue for them for two years now. Their special teams for years was one of the best units in the NFL. In the last two years, it's been abysmal. They've been punt, four block punts in a two-year span. In the five years before that, I think they had none, right? Two kickoff returns for a touchdown on the final game of the season against Buffalo. And then you had one that cost you a game Thanksgiving night against Minnesota in addition to that running into the punter penalty. The pun so yeah. It's brutal. Their special teams is just, and the penalties have been so bad. Look back to the Tampa Bay game in 2021. Matthew Slater, first ever career penalty on a play that he forces a fumble, right? Like, so it's one of those things where Chris Board, I think, is going to have an impact people don't notice a lot, but it's going to be noticed in that their special teams is going to be a lot better. And I think Joe Judge working more special teams is going to help too. But to give you an answer that people will notice, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that yards after catch ability is huge. I think the third down ability is huge. And I think he's a guy too. I mentioned the yards after catch. They're not going to throw 50-yard bombs all the time. He's a guy that can take a six-yard slant and run 45 yards with it. So I think that is going to be the biggest impact long-term, even though I think he could start slow. I think that 
the Chris Board and Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Board might end up being the biggest, but Smith-Schuster will be the most noticeable one throughout the season. I agree with you. I agree with you on Board. I, I don't necessarily say he's going to have the greatest impact, but I think we're not talking enough about that addition because for so many years, the Patriots won games on what I say. They won games on the margins. They the won margins, tight yeah. games because of special teams. And being able to get a guy like Board, at least theoretically, gives you an upgrade. And again, I think Joe Judge is going to have a, a a bigger hand in special teams in 2023 than he did last year. So I'm going to throw a few names at you. Uh, and I want you to give me your thoughts as they relate to the Patriots, whether it's feasibility, whether it's you know the, the possibility of them coming to New England, whatever the case may be. Let's start with Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson is a guy I would love to have with New England. I just it's I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it would be fun. I think it would make them an elite offense. I think it would make them an elite team. And I think everyone looks at Lamar Jackson and his legs. That dude is an awesome passer, really accurate. He can throw the deep ball, intermediate ball, short game. And he would be coming into a situation in New England, by the way, offensively, probably better than what he had in Baltimore because Bill O'Brien, high-end offensive coordinator, and I know he had Mark Andrews, who was better than any of the Patriots' tight ends, but his receiver group in New England's probably going to be better. Not too many teams we can say that about, but his receiver group's probably going to be better. And Ramondre Stevenson, as good if not better than any running back he had in Baltimore, no disrespect to Mark Ingram. So I think he's going to be coming in in just as good, if not better, an offensive situation. I just, I don't see them paying $220 million in two first round picks. I, I just, and I do think they still, at least to an extent, believe in Mac Jones on top of it. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that if he's cut, I think they go sign him. If they can get him for a day three pick, I think they get him. Otherwise, I, I just don't see it. I, I But keep your eye on the draft. Because they, when they acquired Randy Moss, it was on draft day. We saw A.J. Brown on round one of the draft last year. That's when he got traded. So keep your eye on the draft. I think Hopkins is a little bit more realistic than Jerry Judy. But I still think it's day three pick or if he gets cut. OBJ. I, I don't see it. And I know it would be fun. I just think it, it would have happened by now. If they really wanted him, they would have given him the extra million or two. I think he ends up going to another – I think he ends up signing – but I could see him going to a team like the Jets or the Falcons or somebody like that that could use another weapon. I just I think it would have happened by now if it was going to happen. Let me downshift into some league-wide stuff. What's been the biggest surprise for you this offseason when it comes to the entire league, not just New England? So I really liked the 49ers signing Javon Hargrave, and I thought that was a surprise because that was an Eagles team. He had 11 sacks on the defensive line there last year. I thought that was a great signing that, again, if the 49ers had a healthy quarterback, they very well are in the Super Bowl last year, maybe winning it. So I think you add a guy like Javon Hargrave to that. And of course, the, a hopefully healthy quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance or Purdy, I think they're the best team in the NFL next year. So I really like the Hargrave signing. I thought the Bears spending so much money at linebacker. I mean, and I love Tremaine Edmonds. I wanted the Patriots to sign him, but to get the amount of money they signed on those two linebackers really popped eyes for me. And also, of course, the, uh, the Panthers trading up for the number one pick. And I think they're probably going to, and I wonder too, to trade up to one, I, I think they're leaning CJ Stroud. And I think that's going to be the pick there, but that, that stood out to me. And of course, I know the big stories are Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, but I think Lamar Jackson, a, we already talked about it. And Aaron Rodgers, I've just kind of had enough of talking about Aaron. Like this dude, just go to the jets or don't go anywhere, man. Like you're killing. It's just, it's annoying at this point. Well, let me, let me get your take. I know who's, who's quarterbacking the jets in week one. I do think it's probably Rodgers, and I think they work it out. 
Uh, but it's it's if I'm the Jets too. What I don't get, why not just go get Lamar Jackson then? Like mm-hmm. it's similar. If you think about, it, I know the Rodgers deal is shorter, but mm-hmm. the actual money you're paying out year to year not going to be that different. And if you give up two first round picks to sign Jackson, well, what would you give up for Rodgers? At least one, maybe two, yeah. and you have a great young core. Offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, like great young offensive line. Brees Hall, before he got hurt, looked like a legit rookie running back. Like they're well coached to me, especially defensively. Great defensive front. So, I mean, if I'm the Jets, if I'm going to spend that money for Rodgers, why not just go get Lamar Jack? I mean, it's similar money year to year. It's similar capital to give up. So, uh, but I do, I, I think it's Rodgers at the end of the day. You know who's the difference there if you if you're going either or with Aaron Rodgers in in um Jackson is Nathaniel Hackett. Oh yeah, the That's idea why that they you, him. yeah the the idea that you have Nathaniel Hackett would theoretically you know lead you to adding Aaron Rodgers if you got Lamar Jackson and Nathaniel Hackett maybe not so much with that equation. But I, I think yeah. I think that would be a really intriguing idea that if you're the Jets and for whatever reason if the Aaron Rodgers thing blows up in your face. You know, maybe you do make a play for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't see why. And first of all, like Zach Wilson's not the answer, at least not anytime soon. God bless Mike White. He took a lot of punishment. But I mean, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers are significantly better than both of those guys. And the other thing, there's nobody really else out on the market that I think can compete with those guys. Like there's no one as good as Lamar or Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to trade up to get a top two pick to get one of those quarterbacks anyway. They just did that two years ago. So Look, if I'm the Jets, if they want Rodgers, and you're 100% right about the Nathaniel Hackett thing, I think that's why Denver hired him last year as head coach. Mm -hmm. So fine, get Rodgers. But if not, I'd get Lamar Jackson because a lot of teams think they're a quarterback away. The Jets really are. If the Jets, I talked earlier about the Patriots having a competent offensive coordinator. If the Jets had competent QB play all of last year, they're probably in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That Marcus Jones punt return game. The Jets probably win that game with a competent quarterback because all they had to literally do was score 11 points and they win the game. So, look, I think if the Jets had a competent QB last year, they're in the playoffs. And I think if they get one this year, they probably are. You've given us an awful lot to think about, my friend. Let people know where they can read your stuff as well as where they can follow you on social media. Well, I host my own podcast on the Believe Network called Coach Time, of course, with you, Chris, here on a fellow Believe Network contributor. I'm also uh, a co-host of the TV show and podcast, Straight Facts Homie, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. I write and podcast and do video for New England Football Journal, and I host National Sports Talk Radio for Sports Map Radio. So I keep myself pretty busy, Chris, as you can hear from that list. But you can find me in all those places. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real John Lyons. Always happy to interact with everyone. I got new content coming out all the time. And uh, Chris, I cannot thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to be on the show today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Hopefully we can hook it up again, maybe post-draft. We can take a look at some of the guys that the Patriots took and some of the guys the Patriots should have taken. Yeah, I'm sure if they take another guard in the first round, we'll have a lot to talk about, Chris. <laughs> Sounds great, John. Take care and we'll talk soon. Thanks. You too. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder. This episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Yeah. Look, 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, and it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Sabina takes a shot herself. Covers it home. Oh my goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.